Hello, it's Jack Tudor here of Attention Magazine. Welcome to Crucial Listening, the podcast where I speak with musicians and sound artists about three albums that are important to them. My guest this time is Sabiwa, an experimental electronic producer and performer from Taiwan, presently based in Berlin, Germany. Sabiwa has a new album, Island Number 16, Memories of Future Landscapes, out now on Phantom Limb. It is a joy to behold over headphones, pulling on Taiwanese folk music, a variety of different vocal techniques, voices, different instruments, things that are hit with mallets, plucked, strummed, scraped. It all swirls around brims at certain points with this huge cacophony of different resonances and textures then contracts to a single voice or a single instrument and there's a really unpredictable narrative to the whole record and these four parts that comprise it it's a really engaging listen for that reason you never know whether you're gonna stumble out into this clearing that's ridden with all these different noises folding over each other or whether you're about to retreat into this really quiet space with just one voice in it. One thing actually I wanted to clear up speaking of voices is that Sabiwa's uncle appears on this record and appears on the fourth and final track Hermaphrodite. It's been written in many places that he appears on the third track, Crystal. That's wrong. So on the third track, Crystal, you're actually hearing a recording made by Kink Gong back in 2012. And Sabiwa's uncle, like I say, appears on that final track, Hermaphrodite. So because it's been written incorrectly in several reviews, I wanted to help Sabiwa ensure that the correct information is out there in the public domain. This conversation, though, was fabulous. Sabiwa bent the rules a bit, didn't pick three important albums, which of course is fine, and enabled us as well to go into some really curious places in terms of Sabiwa's relationship with memory, childhood, sound design. There are loads of wonderful anecdotes here. So if you are enjoying the podcast, you can donate to it on coffee, ko-fi.com, forward slash crucial listening, one-off or monthly, any amount you please, and that helps keep the podcast ticking. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoy this episode. This is Sabiwa on Crucial Listening.
Hello, Wasabi. Welcome to Crucial Listening. Hi. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. You are here to talk about your three important albums. Uh, before we get into those, I want to talk about your new album, which came out recently on Phantom Limb, Island Number 16, Memories of Future Landscapes. Now, I know the text that accompanies the release goes into this a bit, but I wanted to ask you about this directly as well. I mean, the title refers to a future landscape in your memories of the Island Number 16. So maybe we could start with, could you tell me a little bit about this island that you've envisioned for this record? Mm, yeah, sure. So when I got this idea, it was because like I collect a lot of like um, sound from Taiwan when I during the pandemic as well. Like I spent like more than one year here, and mm. um, also yeah, it was like kind of um strange time for me like to like reconnect with the family and also like really like take a trip around Taiwan like everywhere. Mm. Um yeah and, and so it it's just like bring back a lot of memory for me. So I also like spend a lot of time to like check all the notes I wrote before when I was little, like all the diaries, stuff like that. <laughs> and yeah, it was like, I don't know, it feels like kind of like know myself again, like all over again, because, you know, like when you grow up and you, I've moved to Europe for like quite a long time already, um, I feel I change all the time. Mm. Um, it's just like so funny to see myself from the past like i almost forgot yeah. um and it feels so weird to see all the fragments and also all the memories all the things i collected it's just like you are kind of collecting yourself and kind of like reconstruct yourself in a strange way you know like because basically it's so far away from you but in the same time it's part of you and yeah. you still have this connection but it's just like you don't recognize it but mm -hmm. it's you <laughs> yeah <of> yeah <laughs> so this was the idea like i got at the beginning but i actually start this album already like from much longer before but it was a very different structure but after this time in Taiwan I kind of like yeah I just like looking back this stuff I make I got this idea to break this album into like four different chapters mm. and it kind of reminds me in like different periods and different trip and different parts of Taiwan I saw in this time like you know, like sometimes I take a family trip together to like Aboriginal tribe um, right. area. You know, it's like entire different landscape. Um, mm. So like the soundscape is so different because, yeah, like people also speak very different language and the way they they think is also like completely like different from like like we are all Taiwanese, but 
just the way the mentality is just like completely different. And yeah, for me, it's like, yeah, I just want to collect this, like make it into a, yeah, like different chapter. And because also like I spend a lot of time when I was little, I spent a lot of time in the fishing village. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and there is like, people always get drunk like from the morning to the evening they are just drunk basically wow. all the time <laughs> and they are like basically only men and shouting around it's always like very chaotic and so it's also like part of the album like being this chaotic and all the strange vocal people are just like being really out all the time and this yeah. is like something i really like I don't know, I I cannot say I like it when I was little, but yeah, now after I grew up, I go to visit them again. I just feel like wow, this is actually quite precious for me, like mm. in a way, mm-hmm. yeah. And also, this Taiwanese language is also disappearing somehow because of the colonization, and also like people kind of like like you know like downgrade this Taiwanese culture and yeah so now a lot of people they don't want to speak Taiwanese anymore but in the south where I live people still speak Taiwanese but I think if my parents generation disappear this language will also disappear in the same time Um, yeah so now I also kind of like want to record this part um yeah and also during the pandemic you know the the situation with china and taiwan is kind of getting a bit complicated yeah um yeah so i also want to just like preserve a little bit but not just the language but also my feeling to this language and how i feel about this local culture around me so it's basically like very chaotic but also very prevalent but yeah it's just like a huge collection for me in this album and yeah and it's also like kind of like my wish about like how future can continue like this chaotic i really love yeah as well there's so many like this is true of all your records but on this one i feel like i'm even more aware of it the amount of different instruments that are being plucked strummed struck it's amazing on headphones there are so many incredible textures and resonances uh could you tell me a bit about i'm sure this has multiple answers but like what recording this album looked like i'm thinking say for example of the second track dog smells your future there are so many incredible like instruments it sounds like there's like mallet percussion on there there's all these there's this wonderful bit in the middle where you it kind of reduces to uh your voice and then or a voice and then this i don't know <laughs> what it, it sounds amazing oh uh, yeah so how did you record the instruments like what did the sessions for recording the instruments look like so the percussion, for example, is actually from 
a tribe in Taiwan, and、mm. but the problem is like as a woman, I cannot go to record that because、Why? it's like when they have ceremony, they don't let woman go inside, and so I have this melody always in my mind. I heard it. Like many times because I really like this sound, yeah. And then with my、um, husband, he is also a musician, and we discover、uh, how you say how you call that like a ballet phone,、mm-hmm. but it's it's a ballet phone from I I don't know from where, but I think it's like from somewhere in Africa,、right. and yeah, we just found this instrument in his music school in Denmark. And then it was super strange. It's exactly the same note from this tribe. Wow! And then <laughs> it was like crazy. And then we just like decided to like mimic the melody, and because the note is exactly the same, and so it was like we were just playing around this percussion, this polyphone we found. And then yeah, we also did a lot of. Recording by like a lot of different things, a lot of instruments we found randomly,、mm. but also there are some recording is like, yeah, we record some stuff like in the lake, and we just use like, um, yeah, just like you know like playing around in the natural and record this kind of sound around, and also. Yeah, it's like tons of recording I use. Actually, I don't. Some of them is like from long times ago. I went to a show, a exhibition in Taiwan about South Asia,、mm. and they have a lot of、um, installation. You know, like this kind of windmill in Asia is kind of a thing. Like every house they have. Right. Yeah.、Um, yeah, and I remember also in my grandmother's house, we always have that like different type of windmills, like we met with glasses or met with bamboo, and、mm. I really love this kind of sound. So there, I also record a lot of windmills, and then I saw in this exhibition, they have one installation is like they hang like I don't know hundreds windmills. On the ceiling, and the sound was incredible.、Wow. So I also record a lot there at the installation as well. And yeah, that really reminds me my childhood a lot. Like in the afternoon, you just keep hear this kind of windmill sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also you hear this kind of bamboo forest. Some sometimes I don't know、mm. if you have you been to bamboo forest. Never, no. Never is like crazy. There is like <laughs> crazy soundscape. It is, sounds almost like a horror movie sometimes. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Yeah> . Wow. <laughs> yeah, but I really love it. Yeah, so a lot of like natural recording from around my house as well. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. So one other question I wanted to ask you, Wasabi, before we go onto important records, is about the appearance of your uncle on this album. So your uncle sings a song right、mm-hmm. on the last track on the album. How did your uncle 
come to be on the record and can you tell me a bit about the song that they're singing as well um yeah it's actually a kind of a long story oh right okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it was also during the pandemic i kind of like just reconnect with this uncle mm. but and i discovered that he is actually study performance and he is actually a musician and i don't know that for wow. all my life <laughs> and wow. he is a teacher of enga you know this japanese singing uh, mm -hmm. like very very old school style singing um yeah but we never know that because he never talked about it <laughs> yeah right and then during the pandemic i was like because like my father is also like getting drunk all the time. Like he's this kind of like fishing village people. Um, right. I was actually trying to record my father, but my father is like very sensitive to anything like camera or microphone. He will mm. like immediately be silent. Like right. when he sees something like that around. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> So at the end, I didn't manage to record him. And after I go back to Berlin, I was still like trying to convince my father, like maybe he can record himself if he feel more comfortable. Mm. And then it turns out like he didn't reply me for two months. And um, suddenly like one day he sent me a lot of recording. And yeah, it turns out like he take this thing become a project for himself. Wow. <laughs> and he take it super serious, but the thing is he still don't want to record himself. <laughs> so he go around to asking people to record. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. brilliant. <laughs> yeah, but the funny thing is like all these fishing village people, they might not you know like they probably never read in their life or something mm -hmm. and because of this project there are so many people in the village all the men they are just like taking it so serious and it become a village project and they are <laughs> wow. even some people <laughs> it's really crazy and even some people they go to the bookstore to looking for a content like meaningful content to record and i was actually laughing a lot <laughs> That is incredible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. But it, it turns out like also my uncle records this part and the recording he sent is actually really long because in the recording is like for me really touching because it's not only about this song he sings, it's about the independent and it's also about like um, he also talking about the, the story about this song. It's like during the Japanese colonization. Mm. And there are a lot of people, a lot of men, a lot of um, family, they lost their son and the father because they sent them to the war. Right. And they just like never come back. And yeah, and because of this, he also tell the story, a super long story. But at the end, he's kind of like, wish me to come back to Taiwan and also wish me not to forget like 
they are the people who fight for the independence and who、mm. wish me also to contribute a little bit if there's a war happens stuff like that. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, for me it's kind of like yeah. I, I actually really think a lot when I hear this recording because. Yeah, I grew up like all my life in the independent party family, so it's kind of like, yeah, I, I feel like I almost forgot this part after I moved to Berlin, because it's, it's like almost ten years I moved away from here. Of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What a story! That's incredible. Thank you so much, Wasabi, for sharing that. I mean, the, the record is wonderful and. To have it now imbued with all the context you've just provided is really special. So, thank you. People、mm-hmm. should check it out, and I will include links to allow them to allow them to do so、uh, in the show notes.、Uh-huh. So,、um, magic.、Yeah. So let's let's go to your important records now, Wasabi. So, one question I like、mm-hmm. to ask at this point is how you thought about. The word important when picking your list of three. I, I mean, I say records. We've got a interesting array of choices here that aren't all strictly records, which is brilliant. So, yeah, tell me a bit about how you thought about the word important when picking your list. Um. Well, so I think I was just like, I actually don't really listen to that much music. Right, right. Like, <laughs> so I was just thinking about like what influenced me, like mostly when I was little, like what got me into music.、Mm. So yeah, so mostly I was thinking like probably the soundscape, and yeah, this kind of like TV show I watch because I kind of really I like sound design more than、mm-hmm. like. Music, to be honest, and so I think sound design is probably something attract me much more. So when when you asking about like important recording or or like album, I don't know. The first thing come out in my mind is actually like all the TV show I watched, like <laughs> yeah, like this kind of Japanese anime or something. Right, that's so interesting. <laughs> yeah. Cool.、Yeah. Well, let's get into your picks then. Which one do you want to talk about first? The first one I think I sent you is the one with the Puppet Show. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So it's. I see the English translation of the title, or I I don't know if that's technically the right term, but P I L I Pilly. I guess. Yeah, How would、Pili. you pronounce it? Pili. Pili. Right. Great. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Give me a little introduction as to why this one's important to you. So I think this is the only TV show. It's not TV show. It's like actually, it's like a DVD like come out every week, and yeah, I, I、wow. watched this for more like more than twenty years. Yeah, this is like something. In the south, like super popular, everybody watch it every、mm. Sunday, and I think this is also the only like super long series 
like I think it continues like even until now it's like 40 years TV series or something wow yeah yeah so Netflix the, right like hey, I don't know because I'm not on Netflix <laughs> <laughs> right gotcha <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, I interrupted you. Beg your pardon. <laughs> um, yeah, so th this one is like probably also the first music I listened to is all from this company. This is a company like super huge in, in Taiwan. Hmm. They are not only making this kind of puppet show, but they also do, I don't know, like soundtrack or like music uh like sound design stuff like that but yeah it's pretty cool <laughs> yeah wow yeah so you watched it for 20 years which is amazing because i can't think of a single show that i've watched for 20 years like what is it <laughs> what is it about this show that means that you were able to to watch it for so long mm, i think in the village like everybody watches so it's kind of like um yeah it's kind of like a routine like every sunday wow. people will talking about it <laughs> 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 so but also the the story is like i don't know this company is just like crazy the story is like constantly changing but i kind of feel like I never get tired of it, mm. but after I think after they the own uh, the owner died from this company died, it changed a little bit, so I stopped watching. <laughs> and the the sound design is something that you mentioned, you know, with these picks was particularly important. What was it about Pili that got you about the sound design? What was it that appealed to you? So at the beginning, I was really impressed by the voice over the voice over. They are mainly from the same person, yeah. like to a lot of character, and it's usually a man. He can do like a lot of crazy character, like you know, like even the woman voice. Yeah. Sometimes he he also can do the voiceover for like woman character, and he also change a lot, like between the character, like different way of talking, different way of laughing, and yeah, different way of shouting as well. And it, it's mm. really impressive. Also, like in Taiwan, you can see this kind of show like just on the street. Sometimes, like during the God Festival, they will. You will see them have a little stage, and just on the street, and they are doing this puppet show live. Wow. And those people are usually like, I don't know. It's really impressive to see them live and do this voice, just like crazy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to describe. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. I've, I've got a friend who was born in. Taiwan and grew up there and I mentioned to her about the fact that you'd picked Pili for this podcast and she mentioned that puppet shows are a big deal in Taiwan like even before Pili I understand that mm -hmm. they used to take place outside of Taoist 
temples sometimes for days on end but she mentioned that she found them quite boring and then it was Pili and another one that was a big one that made them exciting for her I mean does that does that <laughs> ring true for you is that similar for you yeah I mean those show like the little stage on the streets usually they only make like small story mm-hmm. and yeah I, I think definitely Pili is the one make this puppet show like really wow like totally an, another level mm. yeah but I mean like in the south here we don't really have other entertainment so right. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think that is actually interesting enough for me to watch when I was little <laughs> you know like whatever is kind of interesting like yeah. for people in the south <laughs> yeah right right <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know because without this kind of show people usually just go to the the harbor and watch people fishing for like entire day (laughs) 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 yeah so another thing is i understand that the it's all in taiwanese right in any puppet show the language is in taiwanese i understand that that's Mm -hmm. quite important as well um because of the you know prohibition on speaking taiwanese um is that Mm -hmm. is that true yeah, I, I think so. Because, like, I think this literal... Um, how you say Sorry for my English. It's all right. It's all good. <laughs> so, um, the literature um, mm. of Taiwanese is, like, I think Pili is the only one kept this kind of um, poetic way of talking in Taiwanese. Right. Otherwise, I think normally now it's like no more people talking like that wow so it's also important and also they have very interesting way of speaking taiwanese because it's very correct like all the accent is very like i don't know how to say not correct but like very local Wasabi, let's go to your second important pick. Which one would you like to go for now? Um, I would say the the Princess Mononoke. Yeah. So, give me a little introduction as to why this one is important to you. So yeah, this one is the first DVD I bought, Princess Mononoke. And yeah, I some, somehow I really, it's also the, um, uh, I mean, like I watched a lot of anime when I was little, but this one is the one like really hooked me a lot. Like somehow, like I also like Totoro, like all the stuff from 
from Ghibli, but this one is like I don't know why I I just like really got attracted by this story and also this soundscape. It feels like every time, even just listen to the to the soundtrack, I feel like I can see this view. You know, like、mm-hmm. I can see the Mononoke on the on the trees, and yeah, it's kind of. Yeah, it's the first time I'm I'm kind of really into the composition of you know this kind of orchestra music. I think when I was little, I never hear like really properly like classical music. I never get into classical music.、Mm. Um, yeah, so this anime is the first like classical orchestra music like which make me like. I don't know, like get my attention, and、um, yeah. And after this, I I was like really want to learn instruments as well. Oh wow! Yeah, and then I get into uh uh how you call that like string instrument orchestra. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, and then at that time I was also in like different orchestra, like black flute in. Like, uh, black flute orchestra. Like, yeah, I don't know.、Uh-huh. Um, right. Yeah, but also like traditional instruments orchestra, like traditional flute, and also like, uh, I don't know how to call that instrument. <laughs> right. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, like in Taiwan, those orchestra somehow they are get. Super crazy about like Ghibli's music. So in the orchestra, we play this soundtrack as well. Oh wow! And also other soundtrack from、uh, from Ghibli. So at that time, I was really enjoy a lot like all the all the music from Ghibli. Yeah. So you were, you've played this soundtrack as part of that orchestra. Yeah. Oh, amazing!、Exactly. What was what was that like? That must have been crazy to be into this film and then suddenly be part of an orchestra playing the music. What was it like? No, I mean like not the orchestra playing this music, but it's just like in the child、uh, orchestra. Like I don't know why. Like in Taiwan, people are really get crazy about Ghibli、um, music. So all the animes from Ghibli, like. All the soundtrack in the in the orchestra, like for child, is like a big competition here.、Mm, so even、right. even in the music class in the school, like we always learn like black flute, and everybody need to learn this song from Ghibli. You played the cellos. Is this? Do you think this was a, an influence on the fact that you started playing the cello then? Yeah. But at the beginning, I didn't choose cello by myself. It was just like、uh, occasional. I get into this school, and then they see my hand, and they told me like, "I think your hand is suitable to play cello."、Oh, really? And I was just like, <laughs> "Okay, <laughs> if you say so." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then I just got the cello. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny.、Oh. Yeah.、Um, so this was the first DVD you. Ever bought?、Um, yeah. Wow. So, is it fair to say then that you've watched this film a lot? 
um yeah what what's your relationship like with the film now if it's your first dvd you've you've ever watched and as you say like um you know you've had it since you were very small um yeah has your relationship with this film changed over time I don't think so. I think I I still watch this like from time to time. Actually, like mm. also recently, I I rewatch it again. Um, yeah. Sometimes, like I think this is still like one of my favorite animation for the whole time. And also the, you know, I have you watched this film before? I've watched half of it now because I watched it in the lead up to. Speaking with you, so I'm going to finish the rest of it over the weekend. It's really, I've watched a few Ghibli films, uh, I'm having a really good time with this one. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to. Unfortunately, because I have a small child, I have to watch films in two parts a lot. So, I'll get to the rest of it <laughs> later. But, yes, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, in, in this film, there is this like little white white mononoke on the tree mm. like i don't know if you already see that part or not <laughs> but yeah like around my house here in taiwan like there are a lot of trees like mango trees and they always covered with the white back <laughs> and ah. sometimes it totally looks like that like white mononoke <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's also like something I love a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose that's the thing. If this is a film you've seen all the time, it becomes so easy to just see it everywhere, right? That's great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you mentioned it. It kind of led to you to it was your introduction to classical music and string orchestration, and you <laughs> mentioned the importance of these, you know, child orchestras. Do you think mm -hmm. that that's had an influence on how you make and compose music now? Well, um, probably. I actually never thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah but yeah, yeah, probably. Because sometimes, like, when I'm on this kind of instrument, like, I'm not, like, getting professional with it, but... It kind of like opened me kind of like freedom, like a way, another way of express myself as well. Like sometimes you can got a melody in your head and just with those instruments, you can kind of like, like feel free to get it out of your body. And probably mm. that's also like, yeah, kind of influence, I guess. Wasabi, let's go to your final important pick. So, yeah, you've gone for 
I'm the pronunciation I'm sure I'm going to do here is going to be wrong so if you know any better please do correct me but Hermeto Pascual Zabumbe Boom Ah I don't I don't know how to read that either (laughs) okay we'll go with that then Uh, and there'll be people wincing I'm sure who know better but yes so record released by Hermeto Pascual in 1979 so yeah tell me a bit about why this one's important to you so yeah this this album is actually like uh, introduced by my husband um yeah he he's a jazz musician and he also play like salsa and experimental music as well yeah and also because of him like i start to get into electronic music wow um, yeah and this album is the first one like really hooked me in this style like i never heard this kind of style like so crazy so pure madness um <laughs> after i listened to this album somehow like i can listen to this album for three months like non-stop <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, and also the melodies of like keep staying my brain. Sometimes I feel so annoying by this, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I found it is like magic power. And <laughs> also this composer, he is a, a, definitely a crazy, crazy man. Like he's <laughs> super old or, already. Like. And yeah, and a couple of years ago, I went to his live show in Berlin, and he is really strange. <laughs> wow, wow, yeah. What was that like? It's just like crazy because this guy is so emotional, and also I cannot imagine his life because I heard some stuff about him. He's like he stay in. A kind of like community and where only like really top musician stays there and they play this style music like all their life long change so they are really like the top musician in the world and last time they you know like when they make like a war tour sometimes they will need to hire also some local musician to support the band and yeah, and this guy, he is like so emotional, like, and also really straight. Like, so for example, in the live show in Berlin, they have also like some German flute player there to play with them for a couple songs. Mm-hmm. And this German flute player was just like play a couple notes a little bit slower. Well, like, people can hear the mistake. And this composer, he was like, suddenly stopped the entire concert and start to shout at this flute player and ask, ask him to fuck off and change. <laughs> yeah, it was like, everybody was just like, oh my God, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> and the thing is like, his musician is really like, you can hear the level is so different. So he immediately changed uh, a musician from Brazil who toured with him. And 
immediately everything goes so beautiful but i also <laughs> oh, nice. i just i just feel so sad for this german guy and the entire concert he just stayed there on the stage but at the corner look at everybody play without oh. him <laughs> oh that is so heartbreaking yeah. oh my god yeah, it, it is but i also can imagine just because he's so harsh yeah so his music is like so fucking crazy um also he do the composition like every single day yeah so during his tour in europe he every day he make one new song and he also like play the song like during the tour like what inspired him every city yeah and i found it just like incredible i don't know i really love him that is amazing super harsh <laughs> yeah it's that thing though isn't it where someone who whose instincts are to make music this intense mm -hmm. and chaotic you can't they can't be expected to be this very moderate personality as well you know but um yeah. <laughs> yeah i i heard as well he wrote a piece of music for every day oh you, you mentioned it's similar to what you were saying but wrote a piece of music for every day of the year so that everyone would have a song for their birthday uh which uh -huh. is very sweet that's quite nice it is super sweet <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so have you heard other records as well by Hermeto Pasquale or uh, just this one? Yeah, I mean, I listened to a couple stuff from him, like also other like jazz album. Mm. Um, also like some very random video he made, you know, like because he's like really good at impro improvisation. Mm. So sometimes, you know, he got also a lot of video. He just like hitting his belly and making random sounds and become a new composition <laughs> and, or sometimes you just got a teapot yeah. and start to yeah. play with that teapot <laughs> that is amazing yeah. yeah yeah i think that is really inspiring for me yeah mm, yeah i saw him on, on instagram with like a knife and fork just making a song yeah. from that it's really sweet <laughs> <laughs> yeah his style <laughs> uh yeah. it's interesting that so you mentioned that your husband introduced you to this record your husband's a jazz musician you you say you don't listen to much music does your husband listen to a lot of music yeah he does also like with him i, I listen much more now like but very different style because he do also noise music Oh, right. So, yeah, it's a big mix of different style we lesson. Yeah. Is there much of a overlap in your, even though you don't listen to much music, like in terms of your taste in music and what kind of sounds and what kind of music you like, do you share a lot of music with your husband in terms of what you both listen to or do you tend to go in different directions with the kind of sounds that you you gravitate towards i mean like we have a lot of common interests mm. so like for example hair metal as well this kind of music we both love a lot um yeah but also he for example he really loves 
like this kind of noise, super hardcore noise. And those, I will be a bit like, yeah, sometimes I enjoy, but probably most of the time not that much. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, and also I like a lot of like, also this kind of soundtrack from Ghibli. And for him, this is just like way too soft and way too <laughs> pop. You know? <laughs> right, oh, interesting. Yeah. Right. yeah. Right. I guess Hermeto Pascual is nice and in between because there's lots of lovely melody here, but it is also chaotic. So I can see why that yeah. interests you both. I mean, do you have a uh, do you have a favorite track on this Hermeto Pascual album? Mm, I think this entire album is like for me. It, it's almost like one track because yeah. it's mixed so well together you know like so i basically love the entire album i cannot really say like which one i love the most yeah 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 totally fair the one i've had in my head the whole time i should say as well so he played with miles davis as well didn't he like uh on miles's live evil album and you know, he's really like super super established like really really pro musician mm -hmm. but um there's a track on this this album that you picked the one with the melody that's like but it loops like round and round on that track over mm -hmm. and over again it's been in my head for yeah. days it's great but <laughs> yeah i can't imagine <laughs> yeah Wasabi, this has been fabulous. Thank you so much for um, talking through these albums, like talking through your album as well. There were so many lovely stories there too. Um, really appreciate your time on this. Thank you as well. It's really nice to talk with you. <laughs> Wicked. And to everyone listening, I'll see you next time. Goodbye. Ciao. <laughs>